the dough and five O's coming up. Yeah, they gon' talk about Florida, cause it sucks. Yeah, they gon' talk about politics, news, and stuff. Yeah, they gon' talk about cause it's funny. So what? Yeah, they gon' talk about it. what happened. Seems like I might have lost my place. Well, if you're just now tuning in, the show hasn't started yet. Congratulations, you made it. So let's give it up for the Doe and 5 The Doe and 5 coming up. Yeah, they will talk about Florida. Yeah, they gon' talk about politics, news, and stuff. Yeah, they gon' talk about cousins, money, so what? Yeah, they gon' talk about it. How the hell you been, Joe? I see you every day. I know. They don't. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's been just a little bit since we've done this. Uh, probably close to two months now, I, have, I had to guess. We were going to try and do it, I think it was one day last week. You had a little uh, mechanical issues with one of your work vehicles. <laughs> yes. We were all ready to go. Everything was loaded. And then I got this to go. <laughs> so I uh, do apologize. It's uh, completely my fault. We've been gone for as long as we have. But your life is nor- normal now, right? As it, normal as, as normal it can, as it can be, be with 12,000 um, children. Yeah, I've got a couple daughters that were in volleyball. And that pretty much consumed my life uh, since school started, really. You really enjoy that? You enjoy going to those? and. The volleyball games? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds convincing, doesn't it? No, uh, you suck at that. Yeah, my kids didn't play a whole lot this year, so it was kind of frustrating from that standpoint. But, um, yeah, we had it. I'm, I'm glad it's over. It's, it's like I said, it's very time consuming. Uh, you know, you're talking usually four to five nights a week. Sometimes I have tournaments on the weekends, which I, you know, I work a lot of weekends, so I, I usually miss out on those. Uh, there was one tournament here in town I got to go to for a little bit, but. Um, glad it's over. I'm ready to kind of wind down and get things back to usual and, uh, you know. It's There's good. no usual anymore. That's true. Uh, I'm ready for the election to be over so things go back to normal. Well, well we're not, we're not in that segment yet, I guess. I guess we should go that far, so. <laughs> we can't talk about that yet. Not yet. Uh, we've got all kinds of news stories. Uh, we, I've been saving them for a long time. I even showed Joe how to now add stories to uh, what we bookmark so he can contribute. No, all I notice is how to get to them. I don't know how to add to it. He won't contribute anything. I won't contribute to it. <laughs> this will be the first time I'm even slightly aware of what the stories are before we even start. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, for how long are we doing this now? About a year, year and a half, something like that. And I usually just spring everything on him. But he asked me to uh, give him, clue him in so he can be a little bit better prepared, I guess. So we'll see how that works out for us today. It's not going to work out. Some, somebody told me that they watched and they said, it always looks like you just heard the stories for the first time. I said, that's exactly what's happening. Exactly how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get things going with uh, news. You guys ready for news? All right, let's roll. A uh, <laughs> uh, college student gets stuck in clothes dryer after having a few drinks. Uh, says, I will never, her friends say they will never stop making fun of her for this. I wonder why. So a college student in the United <laughs> Kingdom needed to be res- uh, rescued by local fire, the local fire brigade after having her legs stuck inside of the clothes dryer she shares with her roommates. Uh, Rosie Cole, age 21, says she and her friends were drinking wine and tequila on Tuesday night. Good. Great, great combination. 
what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Everything's set right now. Uh, at this point in time, she was uh, challenged to fit in, uh, inside their shared appliance. Uh, I was with my other housemates, and one of them dared me to get in, said Cole, a student at the University of Hull in East uh, Yorkshire, England. Is she studying to be a doctor? Or uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to put up a few photos here of this uh, lovely young lady. Uh, there she is, uh, kind of just half in and half out of the dryer. <laughs> she looks like she's had a few drinks. Um, she climbed in legs first and even managed to shimmy her hips in before she realized she wasn't able to uncross her legs inside of the dryer. <laughs> Uh, Cole's roommates uh, were also unable to help her free her uh, backside from the tiny, warm prison known as the dryer. The group eventually decided to call, call the local fire department, although they were barely able to convey the situation without breaking into a hysterical laughter. Uh, footage was filmed by her friends, however, that it shows to indicate that while they are certainly concerned, they were also extremely amused by her predicament. Uh, I'm going to put up one last picture there. It shows the fire department trying to squeeze her uh, tiny hiney out of the... I guess it wasn't tiny enough to get out of that dryer. <laughs> Did you notice how small that, uh, that dryer was? Yeah, put that picture up in case you missed it. It appears to be pretty she's small. Not, so. She's not a big girl. So no, no, she looks not... tiny. So. That's uh, hilarious. But I, you didn't do stupid ch stuff like that when you were, especially drinking. First of all, tequila and wine together. Wow. I, I wasn't a wine drinker when I was younger. That's something I kind of acquired later. But beer like and tequila <laughs> beer and anything something I got a bottle alright I learned the hard way in my early 20s that beer and hard liquor do not go together <laughs> that was mm, a, well, not for me anyways so. lots of stupid stuff especially in the army uh, moving on Joe an evangelical pastor quits the church comes out and joins OnlyFans.com a woman who says she became an, a pastor because of her love of performing is now a hit on OnlyFans.com as a stripper isn't that odd that she loves to perform? Some people become a comedian, maybe uh, an actress. Yeah. But she decided to be a pastor. And then it was just a slight change of heart. <laughs> <laughs> we went a whole different direction. Uh, Nicole Mitchell, no relation that I'm aware of anyway, yeah. uh, who grew up Baptist, told the Post she had always fantasized about being a stripper and has also recently come out as a bisexual. Uh, but I was indoctrinated, indoctrinated to believe that my de desires and my body were, were sinful and bad, this 36-year-old said. Her upbringing was fiercely conservative and taught that women can't be leaders and that their place is in the kitchen, barefoot and pregnant, don't forget. Now, Joe told me that once. Leave I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so even though it went against everything I was told, I decided to become a pastor because of my love for performing. That's uh, not a... No, I'm not what? getting this. I'm not getting this. <laughs> because of her love for performing. Yes. Uh, her, real, her realization regarding her own sexuality came about in 2016 when she attended a play exploring the means, uh, I'm sorry, the themes of the LGBTQ identity, which she says rocked her world. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I'm straight, she says. Uh, well, she said before that she always had these feelings, and now all of a sudden it was just four years ago. Yeah. She's uh, a little confused. A little bit. Uh, she'd been a pastor at St. Paul, Minnesota Church that she joined with her now ex-husband. Uh, according to the Post, after she joined, she was invited to be a pastor, tapping into her dream of being an onstage, uh, onstage facing an audience of thousands. Man, what kind of church was she at? I, thousands? Well, and honestly, I've never gone to a church and said, hey, Joe, how would you like to be a pastor? I don't know why that's never happened to me. Uh, however, following her uh, realization about her sexuality, uh, her fascinations about her life was beginning to catch up to her. So she decided to leave the church without any elaborate announcement. A year after reckoning, uh, realizing her sexuality, uh, she gave her very last sermon at the church and quietly left. 
Now with more than 13,000 followers on Instagram, she routinely blogs about her journey and the positive turn it has taken. This isn't about manipulating people or systems to get a result, she wrote in a post. Uh, it's about allowing yourself to have what you want, a bigger reach, a bigger influence, a bigger income, and the kind of opportunities you dream of. There's nothing wrong with wanting more out of life. Well, yeah, they're, okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, being in integrity is more important than being understood, she wrote in a list of lessons she's shared with her followers. The only real loss is if you stop yourself from reaching your destiny. Her uh, destiny is to strip. Uh, in a video she posted on, on Friday, she welcomed her followers and announced that she has been invited to Jimmy Kimmel Live. I'm so happy that my story spoke to you. Uh, my, my my story spoke to you and resonated with you. Uh, she said cheerfully as she drove to oh, she drove to Arizona for a photo shoot. I'm a real person. That article is legit. She's a real person. Real. I bet her parents are proud. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that's uh. Yeah, I don't. Hey Phil. Hey Marsha. <laughs> Fonz, how's it going? Katrina, how you doing? Um, That's more people than even follow us. <laughs> must, have, must have been scrolling through Facebook and fell on this accidentally. Oops. So, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, do you ever, uh, when you were growing up, Joe, did you ever tell the teacher that your dog ate your homework or come up with crazy reasons why you didn't do your homework? No, I just told him I didn't do it. You just didn't do it. At least you're yeah, honest. So. I was honest. Uh, a Georgia deputy had a very... Uh, interesting encounter with his uh, homework slash paperwork. I'm going to load up a video here for everybody to kind of take a gander at. Get out. Go. Get out. Go. Come on. Come on. He's got a little Get visitor, out. as you can see there, in his uh, patrol car eating his uh, paperwork for the day. Get out. Get out. Oh. <laughs> no, you can use that as an excuse, can't you? No, I've never had that happen. I've had a lot of weird animal encounters, but I've never had that actually happen. So. Get out! <laughs> Come on. What? How'd that goat get in his car? Apparently he was foolish enough to leave a door open and... He's just gonna go now? Oh, I no. <laughs> Pretty stubborn little creature. Get out. Give it. He's still eating his uh, paperwork, though. <laughs> Austin, never believe what happened. <laughs> That's one time a body camera really comes in no. handy. Yeah. Hang on. Looks like something out of an Adam Sandler movie or something. Like that. Perhaps you should have called for animal control. There you go. Close the door. Good thinking. Uh, moving on. Woman sentenced for breaking into her ex-boyfriend's house and forcing him to have sex with her at knife point. That's right. <laughs> Shockingly, it didn't happen in Florida. <laughs> well, California, where was this? <laughs> A uh, 20-year-old Montana woman will spend 20 years... God, I don't know. We've ever done a story out of Montana. Oh. 20-year-old <laughs> uh, Montana woman will spend 20 years in state custody. Wow. After she broke into her ex-boyfriend's house and forced him to have sex with her while holding a machete against his throat. Okay, now I'll tell you what. Okay. 
okay, you can't force me to have sex with you. <laughs> you just can't. And if you have a machete against my throat, there's no way things are working out for you. <laughs> I've got other things on my mind right now. It's not going to work. Well, Samantha Mears broke into the victim's, uh, well, anyway, Samantha Mears is her name, and she will serve out her sen- sentence in a psychiatric institution. Uh, this incident happened a couple years ago, actually. Uh, Mears broke into the victim's apartment in the town of Great Falls while he was out at the gas station. When he returned, she jumped out from behind his bedroom door and came up behind him and placed a machete under his throat. Uh, after placing the machete under his throat, Mears is said to have ordered him to get into bed and take off his clothes. She then climbed on top of him, and the victim told police that he be- became aroused at the sight of his ex-girlfriend without underwear on. They then had sex, but after he uh, you know, finished... He tried to push Mears off of him. At this point, she then bit him on the arm and continued until he was flaccid. So, no time during their lovemaking, she dropped the machete. <laughs> but he was able to push her off. There is a lot of holes in this story. Uh, after the incident, the victim somehow managed to take several photos of Mears with a weapon in her hand, which were later provided to put by police. It sounds like a he Fifty had, Shades of Grey type thing going he on. He had time for that, but he's <laughs> afraid of her because she had a machete. In addition, the pair argued, leading Mears to rip trimming off the wall and purposely pee on his bed. It wasn't until his sister returned home from work that he was able to escape. Uh, we'll put so up... his sister kicked her ass? <laughs> yeah. We'll put up her uh, photo there. She looks like a lovely young woman. Um... She seems upset. <laughs> uh... I don't know how... Could, could you get excited? Even if she had a machete, it's like... Ah. <laughs> ah. Um... Anyway, uh, the prosecution hired a doctor as they believed she was mentally unfit to stand trial for her alleged crime. In an interview with police after her arrest, she told uh, the cops that the sex that she had with her ex was consensual, but the officer interviewing her noted that Mears was not making much sense and would often ramble on in her answers with information that did not even pertain to my questions. It's like they're married. <laughs> Lee Mitchell. <laughs> uh, she was later admitted to the state hospital. <laughs> Or she'll survive her sentence. It sounds like she's on drugs or something. I wonder if she's going to have to really put out 20 years. That seems excessive for somebody who's nuts. <laughs> yeah. That was a good story, though. Yeah, that's... Should have come from Florida. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, Mom is mortified after her toddler takes nude photos of her and sends to her colleagues. Uh, friends and colleagues of Emily Schmidt were uh, treated to unexpected nude nudes courtesy of her two-year-old daughter, Carson. The mother of four from Ohio uh, made the critical error of allowing her toddler to play with her cell phone while she was drying her hair. And fortunately for the 30-year-old, Car- uh, 30-year-old, Carson's idea of playing involved taking a snapshot of her mom's bare butt and sending it to 15 of her Snapchat friends. It was only when a co-worker texted her saying, uh, thanks for the nude, that Penny uh, realized what happened. Uh, she was then obviously mortified. I literally think I died for a minute, and then I came back to life so I could tell people what happened. It's uh, so funny, this child of mine is quite wild. We just say she's uh, feral, she cannot be tamed. My parents own the real estate brokerage that I work for, so to make matters worse, I walked in next day and my dad, who's the head broker, said, uh, oh look, here comes the company porn star. <laughs> That's what I've done. Down of the year. <laughs> uh, well, you could probably understand if Emily decided to lock herself away from the world and wait for the embarrassment to pass. She instead decided to share the story on social media to spread some much needed positivity for this year. In doing so, she's made a lot of new friends and strangers, uh, shockingly. And they, also, uh, they comforted her with uh, words of positivity and uh, telling her things that happened, more or less. Uh, she is now uh, trying to secure her phone a little bit more from her daughter. Uh, How old is her daughter? Uh, she, I don't know what she looked like in that picture, about three, maybe. 
two, three years old. You know, what's funny is that if I wanted to put a, a photo on Snapchat, I probably couldn't. It'd take me forever to figure <laughs> it out. This yeah. two or three year old. Why is she drying her hair in the nude? Dude, I don't know. There's a lot of questions in this one, too. I think she put that all there on purpose. Police say a man fired shots into the Memphis KFC because his order was wrong. Oh, damn right. <laughs> We've all off. been there. You go through the drive-thru. <laughs> they F up your order. They pull you ahead. You're getting edgy. You're hungry. You're in a hurry. And then they mess up your chicken order. It's only, it's only reasonable. Behavior. To shoot them up. Exactly. Shoot them up, shoot them up. And it was in Memphis, which at one time was like the murder capital of the world. I don't know if it still is or not. But. I think it's Indy now, isn't it? Yeah, it might be. Um, police say an angry customer at a KFC restaurant put innocent lives in danger because there was an issue with his order. Investigators say that the customer went, customer went through the drive-thru of the KFC on Winchester Road in Hickory Hill on Saturday, then went back to the restaurant minutes later because his order was messed up. Investigators say the man got out of a semi-truck he was driving and walked up to the drive-thru window demanding a refund. Surveillance video shows an employee giving the man his money back, but, according to police, the customer was still upset and fired shots into the restaurant while driving away. <laughs> yeah, the bullets shattered the side window and penetrated several walls. Thankfully, nobody was hit. It's horrible. Could have been kids in there. He could have killed a lot of innocent people, said Noah Hing Hingston, who lives in the area. I mean, it's just despicable. Mistakes happen. Accidents happen. You shouldn't take it to that level over some chicken, I guess. You know what, though? Now I'm kind of hungry. I know. It sounds kind of good, doesn't it? It does. I hate to drive all over. Is there a Kentucky Fried Chicken closer? Uh, Kokomo? Kokomo. There's one in Wabash. Which well, is probably right. about the same distance either way. But You know, it's always weird when there's a Long John Silver's next with it. Yeah, they're like it's a like, store. Is, it, is that fish or is it chicken? Yeah. Well, you can actually get, like, at those types of combo stores. I've seen them with, like, Long John's and Taco Bell and stuff. You can actually get, like, a mixture of the two in combos, which seems a little weird. But I would never do that. Yeah, I don't it's fish. Well, you can, get, you can get chicken at Long John's, too. Uh, anyway, last news story for the, uh, for the day before we move on. Uh, Delta passenger wakes up to a North Carolina pastor peeing on her. <laughs> you think it's that same pastor that <laughs> is a stripper now? Well, let's see. Uh, out of Detroit, a Michigan woman says she woke up to someone urinating on her while she was on a Delta flight home from Detroit to Detroit from Las Vegas. That someone happened to be a well-known pastor, according to a report from the local news station. What is this pastor on Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> Alicia, Bever Alicia Beverly told the Detroit TV station the incident happened on Monday night on a red-eye flight. She said most of the people on the plane were asleep at the time. According to what she told Fox 2, she was sitting in the back of the plane next to her sister at the time of the alleged incident. It felt warm, like on the side of me, like I felt something warm, she told the local <laughs> news station. I jump up and I, and I quote, I jump up and I seen his private area no. and I screamed and I, that woke everybody up. By that time, I actually looked at him and I seen him shake himself off and I'm like, man, this, this dude just peed on me. <laughs> oh God. Um, and I looked and there was a puddle of pee in the seats. Uh, Beverly told Fox 2, an off-duty police officer was among those who heard her scream and woke up. She says he restrained the man, whom uh, the news told is identifying only as a well-known pastor from North Carolina. Uh, Fox News says the pastor may have had a reaction to a sleep aid in which he took that he took. Beverly says the man didn't say a word the entire time he was standing next to her during the alleged incident. Beverly said she had to sit in her urine-soaked clothes for the rest of the fight, which was about three more hours before it landed at uh, Detroit Metro. Oh my! Fox uh, News too said police did take the pastor into custody with possible charges pending. The FBI handles all investigations into incidents alleged to have occurred on the airlines. Sleep aid. Is that what they call meth now? 
I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's all we got for uh, this week in news. Stay that tuned. Good news day. Uh, for this week. That's what happens when we go like eight months without doing any news stories. We got a handful in Florida too, so get ready. Here comes right. this week in Florida. Down to Florida. We welcome you to the Sunshine State. They're kicking back and soaking up the rays every day in Florida. I'm in Florida. The sun is setting over Tampa Bay. It's like a Caribbean holiday every day in Florida. All right, everybody, welcome to This Week in Florida. Uh, we're going to start things off where, uh, you remember the, uh, the old phrase, got milk? Oh, Is that an old commercial or something like that? I don't even want to know where this is going. Uh, two men got into a verb- verbal argument this weekend over which type of milk was better, almond or whole. Uh, the argument got heated and eventually escalated into physical altercation. They fought over that? And, well, it's Florida. After being punched in the face, the victim was chased by the suspect while he held a pocket knife. The victim was then struck with a knife, causing a small laceration on his torso. Uh, The suspect, identified as Justin Anthony Garcia, cried over spilled milk because the victim wouldn't agree that his choice of milk was obviously superior. Deputies arrested and charged Garcia with aggravated battery. That's one time in Florida that they arrested him for battery, that it was actually something that wasn't like a piece of bread thrown at you or something. Yeah. You're pissed about the milk. It's better to be pissed off than pissed on. How about that? Yeah. I, I was just going to go there with that. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to phrase it, but that was, that was very good. A uh, man driving stolen construction machinery in the Florida Keys tells deputies, I like it. Well, then he should be able to drive it. Out of Big Pine Key, Florida, a man stopped by sheriff's deputies in the Florida Keys for driving a stolen construction vehicle on US-1 told them that he was operating the machinery, well, because he liked it. Uh, Christopher Paul Hawkins, age 35, uh, was driving the heavy machinery with no lights on when a Monroe County Sheriff's deputy pulled him over at 1.35 a.m. on Wednesday. Uh, the deputy approached the driver inside the construction vehicle. He recognized Hawkins as someone who he had just seen walking moments before along the same road. The deputy also thought the construction equipment looked a little bit familiar. He was right. Police identified the machinery as a Leeboy 685B grader. Whatever the hell that what? is. <laughs> which is part of a road construction project underway just a few hundred feet from where the individual was stopped. Apparently, they leave the keys in those. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Uh, According to the deputy, Hawkins had trouble standing and appeared to be intoxicated. He stated he didn't remember how much he had to drink. Two beers. Two beers. We never remember how much we had to drink. But that his pickup truck was parked at a bar on Little Torch Key. Uh, Hawkins also denied driving the machinery. Uh, the deputy Wait, they pulled him over. Did I drive? That ain't mine. <laughs> uh, Hawkins was charged with driving under the influence, driving uh, while under the influence with property damage, and driving with a suspended license and criminal mischief. He didn't even have a license. And he for didn't that. get no theft charge for that. What the hell? Uh, the company that owns the vehicle was called, and they stated the grader was valued at one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. He was taken to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Such a nice guy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, police uh, say a Florida woman steals a sex toy and uses it in the store. That's a woman? Uh, I guess. Ah, no, there's a mustache. She's a handsome woman. 
That's they're a nod. It's like, oh, there's a mustache. Listen. <laughs> We're in Florida. Never mind. Out <laughs> <laughs> of Fort Pierce, Florida, a Florida woman stole a sex toy, then took off all of her clothes and started using it while inside the store. Uh, records show employees at the store, which was not identified at the, in the arrest report. Walmart. Called, <laughs> called police August 31st to report that the 36-year-old Teresa Stanley had stolen a pink sex toy from a shelf and removed it from the packaging, took off her pants, and then began to use it. I'm more bothered by the mustache. Uh, police say by the time they arrived, Stanley was completely naked and had to move, move to the stockroom area to continue using the item. She then stopped using the item and dropped it to the ground when an officer walked into the room. It wasn't mine. Uh, right. <laughs> Records show the value of the stolen item was $45.98. Can't they just put it back? Uh, she, she probably did. Uh, she was arrested on charges of indecent exposure and larceny. That's a sweet that's a, story. That's a nice story. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, sticking in the Keys area, Florida Keys man beat roommate with a baseball bat over a dead rodent in the freezer. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm okay with that. Why would you put a dead road in the freezer? Maybe we'll see. It was at a White okay. Castle or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> out of Marathon, Florida, a Marathon man attacked his roommate with a baseball bat, the uh, Monroe County Sheriff's Office says, and the victim says the beating was over a dead rodent he was keeping in the freezer to feed a pet snake. No. Uh, Javier Francisco, uh, age 59, was arrested early Sunday morning and faces a charge of aggravated battery with a uh, deadly weapon. Uh, authorities say the victim, a 57-year-old man, was taken to the local hospital and then airlifted to a Miami hospital with injuries that required staples to his head. Uh, the alleged attack happened around in the 900 block of Camino Real Street. The victim told a detective that he had stored a dead rat or a mouse in the freezer to feed his pet snake, which upset his roommate. The victim stated, uh, 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 yeah, uh, Francisco approached him about the issue, but the victim stated they would discuss it later, hoping to avoid an argument. The victim stated he went to leave the room when uh, he began getting hit with a baseball bat. Uh, he was eventually knocked the victim down and stated, I'm going to have to kill you before the victim was able to flee to a neighbor's house. Oh. Francisco was taken to jail and investigators said they found about 40 firearms at the home that are currently being withheld. And yet he chose a bat to kill one. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he was using some sort of weapon. I mean, usually it's Pop-Tarts. You Pop-Tarts. And, uh, yeah. Spaghetti noodles. and 40 firearms and he grabs a bat. <laughs> Florida. Yeah, Florida, man. They're a special kind of breed down hey, there. Hey, Stacy's watching. Hey, Stacy. Uh, Florida duo named hey, Dumbest. Uh, Florida duo named Dumbest Thieves of the Week. That's hard to believe. Uh, what where, where do you start with something <laughs> like that? Out of Ocala, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Ocala, Florida. Uh, two men in Central Florida earned the distinction of being the Dumbest Thieves of the Week. It's because the Marion County Sheriff's Office had little trouble arresting two men for a string of burglars and thefts. According to investigators, uh, Robert Hobby, age 41, and Marcus Reeves, age 23, went around Akala and the surrounding areas breaking into stores, stealing smokes and lottery tickets. Man, that sounds like it should have happened here in Indiana. Uh, the two men left a few things behind during their crime spree, like shoes and tools. <laughs> IDs. Uh, <laughs> you'd, be surprised, you'd be surprised how often that happens. Uh, Reeves, however, left behind his wallet and driver's license. There you go. <laughs> Uh, deputies went to his house and knocked on the door. The sheriff's office said he immediately confessed. Now he and Hobby are in jail, facing a total of 14 charges combined for grand theft and burglary. You think they're in prison right now and they're bragging that that they were the dumbest criminals in the world? <laughs> we finally won an award! <laughs> we won dumbest criminals. That's not such a big deal. In Florida! Oh my God! <laughs> they're royalty now. 
A uh, man uses Kool-Aid packet to scam the local Walmart out of almost a thousand bucks, Joe. I've got to hear this. Uh, I didn't see this story. A 37-year-old man has been arrested after authorities say he used a hidden 24-cent Kool-Aid package to ring up almost $1,000 worth of merchandise at a Walmart in uh, Naples. Uh, Bradley Young was arrested on Sunday at around 5.45 p.m. when a loss prevention officer witnessed him ring up $994.13 worth of merchandise, including a $248 scooter, uh, $160 worth of batteries, holy cow, and a $120 navigation system, but he only paid $25. Uh, the officer reported that she began following Young around the store after recognizing him from a previous encounter and witnessed Young use a Kool-Aid packet that was sitting in his hand to scan the items as he was taking them across the self-checkout. Oh, line. I see. Okay. Uh, the officer says that he then grabbed a uh, fan and a soda off a shelf and attempted to return the items at the customer service, claiming he had receipts on his phone. Uh, he has since been arrested on grand theft and shoplifting charges. Authorities say he is a convicted felon out of Ohio. <laughs> he thought, what a better place to go <laughs> than <to> Florida. <laughs> so there's, an, I, I don't know why I gave those uh, self-checkouts too much credit. I thought there was like, you scan a fan and they expect the weight of a fan on there to a certain degree, but I guess not. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's all we got for this week in Florida. Stay tuned for this week. Wait, what did you say we're doing next? That's right. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Political Garbage, Joe's favorite segment. <laughs> It's been a long time since we've done this. Um, because? Joe's afraid of people. <laughs> afraid of, I have friends that are on both sides, and I'm just being respectful. They're not here to defend themselves. Let's start off with the post office, shall okay, we? Well, we can do that. Uh, Ohio County says nearly 50,000 voters received the wrong ballots. Out of Columbus... Nearly 50,000 voters received uh, incorrect absentee ballots in the county that is home to Ohio's capital, elections officials said, as they promised to, uh, corrected ballots would be mailed within 72 hours. Wait, what do they do with all the incorrect ballots? Well, that's a good question. Uh, with about 240,000 ballots mailed, that meant, more, Joe, one in five voters received the wrong ballot. Uh, the error happened Saturday afternoon when someone changed a setting on a machine that places absentee ballots into the, into the mailing envelopes. Um, some ballots had an incorrect congressional race, while others had the correct information but were sent to voters in a different precinct altogether. Uh, the Franklin County Elections Board said that 49,669 voters received incorrect ballots out of the 237,498 that were mailed. Uh, the process to print, uh, print, stuff, and replace ballots in envelopes and mail them was underway. The board said it will also mail postcards to all affected voters detailing the situation and highlighting voters' options to move forward. Those options will include voting in person at the board offices on the city's north side. The elections board said multiple checks are in place to ensure that only one voter can cast a ballot, including rejecting any replacement ballots if someone went ahead and voted in person. Uh, the news of the incorrect ballots brought renewed focus on an election, seeing an unprecedented number of absentee ballots uh, requests spurred by the coronavirus pandemic and concerns about in-person voting. I do, I do question... When they say, well, if it's a duplicate vote, we'll, we'll, uh, which one do they get rid of, first of all? Yeah, I don't, I don't know and how then, they, what if they get it two different how, ways? Why should I trust them to do that when there's, I mean, when there's so much messed up with the, with the mail-in? Yeah. I'm, I'm a little concerned. I think they should have uh, practiced this before they, before they tried doing so much of it. 
Seattle hires ex, uh, convicted ex-pimp as a street czar to work on police reform, paying him one hundred and fifty grand a year. What? What's his? Go ahead. Out of Seattle, Washington, the Seattle, the city of Seattle has hired an ex-pimp who's been convicted of running a prostitution sting ring, uh, including pimping underage girls at a hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year salary, and he now holds the title of street czar. Uh, according to reports, the new hire, uh, whose name is Andre Taylor, has been contracted by the city to provide expertise and support services in de-escalation, community engagement, and alternatives to policing. Well, uh, that, that's his whole life. He's been doing alternatives <laughs> to policing. Uh, Street czar is a person who uh, is a, has a particular genius in a particular area. I know the term uh, street czar as uh, being quite pro provocative. Taylor claims the role will benefit the city and its outreach efforts to the community. He also said that he, dev he devised the title by following a practice by former President per Barack Obama, uh, Barack, Barack, sorry, whatever, uh, <laughs> to handle a variety of areas of interest while he was in the White House. Uh, this should be a prominent position because it could help quell some of the incidents that are going on between the community and the cities. He had no other qualifications than being a pimp. There had to be something else. Dude. They left something off. There's no easy. way. Pimping ain't easy. Uh, the New York Post reported that Taylor first found notoriety in Las Vegas where he was sentenced in 2000 to more than five years in prison, serving only little more than a year. Shocker. Uh, some of the girls he pimped, were, uh, pimped for were actually underage. Uh, he said in a YouTube video he had released that I was born from the streets and I come out of the deep darkness. Uh, he then bragged about how he had children with some of the women who were, who were with him when he was a pimp. Uh, he would go on in the video to state, we decided we were going to be this little subculture, like the mafia, whether you like it or not. Uh, we knew you considered us the waste of the world from the beginning. We didn't care what you thought about us. Just like, I don't care. What do you think about me now? And now he's the street czar. He's the street czar. Uh, I would like to see this fool actually interact <clears throat> with a real monster. And uh, I can't believe that he doesn't have more qualifications than that. It's got to be something. So, uh, more, uh, so this guy is going to be uh, handling police reform in, in Seattle. I don't understand why he's not still in trouble for pimping the underage girls. I, I don't know. Uh, that is a disturbing story. Yeah, I don't like there, that there, it goes on for a while, but basically, yeah, he's getting paid one hundred fifty grand a year to uh, fix the policing problem in Seattle. Hell, that won't even pay rent in Seattle. <laughs> probably not. He's probably taking a massive pay cut as a pimp to to do it. So. I think he would be. Uh. Who's the Boss? You ever watch that show? I love that show. I love Tony Danza. Good show uh, back in the 80s. Uh, Alyssa Milano played his... I don't like her. <laughs> she played his daughter on that show many, right. many years ago. Uh, she has since gone off the reservation as an adult. Uh, when I say gone off the reservation, it's, it's not me being down on her party per se, as much as it is as anytime there's something trendy... That's hateful. She goes going off. On. She goes off then, on a tangent. So. And then she calms down. You don't hear from her again. And she's just one of those people that they need to let her calm down before she's allowed Like Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay, Donald, I, I know you're pissed, but uh, why don't you just put your phone down? <laughs> put it down. We'll come back to this in a week and see if you calm down a little bit. Well, uh, Alyssa is... She was a big... Still is... Very big into the defund the police uh, movement across the country. Um, mm -hmm. Very, very vocal. Uh, perhaps the most vocal of them all, if you actually even pay attention or knew that she still existed. Uh, this is part of her... Uh, <laughs> There's a little, little dig. Go part, ahead. part of her uh, 
part of her uh, proactivism, I believe, is just doing this crap so she can still stay relevant, like a lot of celebrities uh, right, right. who have. I mean, if if you if you see that some of the biggest mouths, you can see that their rele- actual relevance in the world has been very little, uh, other than Lacroix and James, and and even the ratings for the NBA have been way, 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 way down. Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, defund the police activist Alyssa Milano calls 911, sparking massive police presence in her quiet neighborhood, claiming that a gunman was on her property. Uh, really, it was just a teenager uh, shooting squirrels with an air gun. Hmm. Uh, so she called the police when she's trying to defund the police. That's right. Uh, actress and defund the police activist Alyssa Milano was quick to call the cops when she believed an armed gunman was on her Bell Canyon property. The call ignited a response that included seven uh, county sheriff's vehicles, one canine unit, a police helicopter, and one Los Angeles Fire Department team. That if down I the call the police, will I get all that? <laughs> uh, so basically, this woman has screamed, get rid of them, get rid of them, get rid of them. Oh, crap. I think I'm in danger. 911. You know, and I've, we've talked about this before, that these... these uh, these athletes and these uh, movie stars and stuff that talk about defunding the police have enough money to get private security, whereas the rest of us don't. And, and honestly, except for a few kids, I have never talked to anybody, left or right, that wants to actually defund the police. A rational thinking human being, regardless of what side of the political fence you sit on or if you're in the middle of the road or whatever, I don't see how any rational thinking human being can think that that is a good idea to get Just rid of your law enforcement. a terrible idea. Like, I, I've said this before, too. I, I drive into town at 1 o'clock in the morning. What stops me from doing 100 miles? Because I'm late every damn day. What stops me from doing 100 miles an hour down Broadway, blowing every red light? I don't want to get in trouble. I don't yeah. want to. I mean, I, I think I'm safe and nobody else is out. Well, and it, yes, it's the presence. You know, obviously presence. Right. Ideally, from patrol units, mark patrol units, is it helps deter crime. Right? Right. That's why we patrol. I see them every time. Um, I'm may, maybe makes you think twice about doing something stupid like speeding or running a light or committing a crime of some kind. If you, if you see somebody in the area, um, but it's it's insane to me that these people in the, in the very radical left. And you know, you know, I both have friends. We both have talked to people that are Democrats. Right. Which, and they don't believe that at and all. They don't believe in a lot of the radical stuff. I've talked to people that have been lifelong Democrats that have actually switched because of the insanity of, of their, their, you know, well, their, their top the, officials. It, it's it the is, radical so. right. Yeah. It's like that, right? Well, so, yeah, actually, you just talked to Liz the other day, and, and Liz, yeah. thank you for your right. service and stuff, and she's a Democrat, yeah. and there's... So it, it, I, I enjoy having a, ra- a rational, rational conversation with somebody with a different point of views, but it, right. it seems to be getting harder and harder to have a rational conversation with a certain, you know, these certain groups of people. Well, the so, radical, just like the radical right is, is crazy. But the problem, too. and we see it, no matter what it is, it's just for now politics or, or where everything is right now instead of sports and stuff. It's, but because it's the trendy thing to do to, to hate the cops or to hate the president or, or whatever, hate something, something new every day almost it seems like now. But, it, you know, it's the biggest voices. So it, you know, Yes, I've been kind of bookmarking stories for the last couple months, but honestly, I've also, because I've been so busy, I've been spending less time on social media, and I think mentally, it's actually been a little bit more beneficial to me, because I've not been reading all the crap. You actually seem to be in a better mood. So, uh, anyway, she's not unique in that. She's not the only one that's called for get rid of the cops and then called them for something stupid. It happened to some other stories. I mean, we've even had that happen in here in our community where, you know, Joe Blow, the cops aren't any good, they're not busy, they don't... 
what you know they we don't need cops blah 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 well hey i need cops now something's happened so mm-hmm. whatever uh moving on troopers insurance termination letter sparks outrage uh police families were shocked when a state trooper posted a copy of an insurance cancellation form i'll put it up there if you guys can read it at all uh, uh are you saying they can't read well i don't know if it'll come across on the issue oh um, okay uh, anyway, they were shocked when a state trooper posted a copy of an insurance cancellation notice that said that his virtual, or I'm sorry, his Vermont Mutual Insurance Company personal umbrella policy had not been renewed because risk has changed since the policy was issued, uh, citing an unacceptable occupation as a state trooper. <laughs> well, they're right. <laughs> uh, the wife of the police officer who shared the letter with the police tribune said she was horrified when she read it because it played right into fears about pending uh, police reform and the anti-qualified immunity legislation. Uh, many police families are worried that the changes to qualified immunity and coverage provided by police departments would leave officers unable, officers unable to protect their families from financial ruin if insurance companies aren't willing to uh, extend coverage to them and they are sued for actions that have, they've taken in the line of duty. Uh, numerous local uh, defund the police agendas have included removing liability protections for officers that had traditionally been carried by the city they work for. Uh, one Maryland police wife compared the looming problem to the shortage of uh, OBGYNs in the United States that was the result of them being the worst paid medical specialists incurring the second highest malpractice insurance costs. Experts predicted in 2017 that the shortage of doctors to deliver babies would become problematic by 2020, and they weren't wrong. I'm not sure if I was going to be able to do this for another 20 years, the officer's wife told the police tribune, because if lawmakers are intent on removing law enforcement's officers' rights um, in Maryland and other places, and now insurance companies can deny officers, officers personal coverage, what recourse do we have? Uh, so this goes on for a little bit longer, but... You know, we've we've seen this thing where they're trying to take away our, our protection with the qualified immunity, mm-hmm. and to me, no reasonable thinking officer, active officer, will stay, because you know I could do give you an answer you don't like. You can say I didn't do my job properly. It, basically, you can sue us for anything at any given time if that if right. that's taken away. And there's nothing to protect us. There's nothing to protect our families from complete and total financial ruin in a civil in a civil lawsuit. Right. And we've seen, you know, not just police stuff, but my goodness, the stuff that people sue, you know, each other and, and companies and organizations for. We're, we're very fortunate ludicrous. where we are. <clears throat> that kind of stuff doesn't really happen here. And if it did, we'd make fun of that person. Right, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's, oh my God, my coffee's too hot. I'm going to sue McDonald's for $50 million. And they're going to get a chunk of change just to get them to shut up and go away. Right. Well, you know, blue-collar police officer, they can't afford to take any type of hit like that. No. And, and it'll and, kill you. It'll ruin you. And even if you had to get your own insurance or something like that, it would... Yeah, who can afford that? Cold. So, uh, Over a thousand people show up with uh, thin blue line flags after a school banned them from their local football games. Out of Chardon, Ohio, over a thousand people waved the thin blue line flags uh, during a march to the high school to show their support for law enforcement and for the football players who uh, recently had faced backlash for carrying the pro police officer flag onto the field during a recent pregame event. Excuse me, the high school football players carried the flag onto the field in honor of their coach, who's also a police officer. Chardon local school superintendent Michael Hanlon subsequently banned the pro police flag from all school-related activities. Hanlon said, it's understandable that the player's gestures could be uh, interpreted as racially motivated action, but noted that he did not believe the student intended to actually offend anybody. Uh, Based on discussions that ensued over the weekend, it does not appear that this action was motivated by racism, rather than a show of support for one of our coaches who serves as a police officer, as well as for the first responders in our community who have developed a special relationship with our school and our students in wake of a school tragedy that occurred back in February of 2012. 
17-year-old Chardon High School student had opened fire on his classmates back then in the cafeteria that day, killing three students and wounding two others. Nevertheless, it's understandable how this could be interpreted as a racially motivated I, action. They keep saying that. I don't understand how. Therefore, not acceptable in our school community. So if you back the police, that's racial? So the, the war cry on that is, you know, a lot of these guys that are saying defund the cops, blah, 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 blah. They're saying it's a, more or less, their battle cry is it's a black versus white thing, right? And at least in the bigger metropolises where there's a predominantly African-American uh, population, uh, Chicago, for instance, or uh, you know, these places where you've had the unfortunate incidents where right. uh, did the cop do right, did the cop do wrong, right. of course it's blown up all over the place. Um, so they're basically saying that that thin blue line is a symbol of racism and hatred because you know that's all we do is go around and killing minorities. So that, this is the school bowing down to governmental, probably peer pressure, even though their head football coach is a law enforcement officer. Yeah, they hired though, him, and they didn't seem to have a problem with that. Uh, I'm not really, it's not ringing a bell to me, the, the shooting back in 2012, although we didn't see things, you know, you didn't necessarily see this type of stuff on the news eight years ago like you do now. It's not to the national forefront. And even, you know, I haven't seen a school shooting for, of course, they haven't been in school very much either. Um. Yeah, you haven't seen, you can't even say that, but even over the last, you know, three, four years, it, it seems like it's been a long time since we've seen. Yeah. It was really a big thing there when, and this isn't me banging on Obama by any means, but it was more frequent during his eight years in office. You were mm-hmm. hearing about it quite a bit more. Uh, it's kind of slowed down and, and Yeah, and not that it had anything things. to do with Obama, just that time <laughs> period it was happening a lot. So, uh, but yeah, basically, uh, the community said, screw you. We love our police department, and here we are. <laughs> See, and, I, and, and one, I, I've said this a billion times. I, I really think the majority of the people back the police, and I think it's a loud minority that's, that's making all this noise and making um, politicians bow down a little bit. Right. Of course, I, I am in a bubble here in Peru. I, it's different in different places. I don't know how the police act here. I, I know the police are, are, are great here. I don't know how they act in Minneapolis or Chicago or Portland or Seattle or Los Angeles. And I'll never find out. You know, to me, it's as simple as a criminal is a criminal. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It right. doesn't matter what gender you are or what you identify yourself as. If you're committing a crime, don't that's what we do. Just stop it. You don't want to have an interaction with the cops? Don't commit crimes. It's that simple. I, yeah. It's got nothing to do with your skin color at all. So, uh, I'm not saying that there aren't guys that have snuck into the profession that are racist. Uh, you of can say course. that about anything. You can say Absolutely. that about anything. Absolutely. Any occupation is like that. <clears throat> um, LA City Council uh, passes a crisis response team bill, Joe. Uh, this was just on Wednesday. The LA uh, City Council voted to continue on with the proposal to create an unarmed crisis response team for nonviolent 911 emergency calls oh, in, okay. in place of the cops. Uh, the measure passed 14 to zero, <laughs> and it makes it so the city can hire nonprofits who are interested in partnering up with the city council and creates a new kind of city employee that is in charge of responding to nonviolent 911 calls. Are they going to be czars too? I don't know. Uh, the Los Angeles City Council member uh, Herb Wesson Jr. commented on the proposal saying, Calling the police on George Floyd about an alleged counterfeit $20 bill ended his life. It has nothing to do with the drugs in the system or his violent criminal history. Wait a minute. Uh, so they would send, they would send these, uh, these, these unarmed people? Yes. To, wasn't George Floyd a pretty big guy? And didn't he resist for a little yeah. bit? What would they have done? 
well, I, I guess they'll find out eventually. Um, if he had been met with an unarmed trained specialist for the nonviolent crime he's accused of, George Floyd would be turning 47 years old today, according to the council. This plan will save lives, except for the fucking morons who are dumb enough to take this job. You never know when something is going to turn south. Ever. Ever. Well, and especially it. in freaking L.A. County. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no way. Horrible. Horrible idea. I'd like to see who volunteers for this. Good luck to you, you freaking morons. Getting angry, are you? Can't wait to see how that one plays out. <laughs> and whose fault is it going to be when this... Well, I wonder if there are you know, nonviolent things that they could do, though, that would that would help you guys so that you don't have to... A domestic If you're going to send their... Joe DeRozier on... Never in, send Joe DeRozier anywhere. I'm just saying, That's a bad as an example. example. If they're going to send everyday you know, Joe Public, Joe DeRozier, on any type of police call, you don't know when somebody calls the cops. It could, it could be the dumbest thing. They could call for a vehicle unlock. Yeah. You have to be prepared because what, there's nothing to say that this person isn't calling for a vehicle unlock just to ambush the cops because they don't like the cops. But, well, that's good then. Then you guys won't get hurt. But those morons will. Yeah, but that's okay. So, then they'll call another one over there to the, help that the, one, right? These politicians, they don't understand it. They, and it's going to take, unfortunately, it's going to take people that are dumb enough to sign up to do this stuff getting seriously hurt and or killed before they think, well, maybe this isn't such a good idea after all. It's kind of like what Minneapolis is going through right now. Yeah. Let's, let's defund the police. How come nobody's coming to help us anymore? <laughs> well, we've all been stuck wearing masks since, what, March, April, something like that. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go in, it seems like you have to wear masks. So. Illinois Town says their police officers can no longer use the thin blue line face masks. Uh, out of Niles, Illinois, the village of Niles will no longer allow Niles Police Department officers to use masks with the thin blue line symbol on it. Uh, the thin blue line flag is seen by many police officers as a sign of respect, but by others as a symbol of racism. The question in Niles was, is it appropriate for the uh, officers to wear it while in uniform? When members of the Niles PD started wearing masks with the symbol and the department proudly posted pictures on their social media showing officers displaying them while in uniform, that led to some in the community to ask, what's behind the mask? For police, it's the symbol of solidarity. For others, it's an assertion of white supremacy. Hmm. Uh, thin blue line symbols associated with white nationalism and racism. A spokesperson for the Northwest Side Coalition Against Racism and Hate. Say that, man, that's a mouthful. Uh, for a diverse group of residents known as the Northwest Side Coalition Against Racism and Hate, the masks were a sign of a bigger problem. This has nothing to do with fallen officers. It was just an excuse to let them use their symbol of hatred. Uh, they wrote an open letter to the village detailing the fraught history of the symbol, which has been co-opted by the alternate right. Uh, since the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, police departments have been the focal point in the fight for racial uh, justice. As BLM protesters have taken to the streets, the counter-movement Blue Lives Matter has used the thin blue line as their flag uh, as, a, as an emblem. Niles Police Chief Louis Teguera, Louise Teguera, I don't know, uh, was quoted at the local publication journal and topics as saying, there's a difference between Blue Lives Matter and the Thin Blue Line. It's disingenuous calling, uh, to call me a racist. How can you call me, call me a minority, a racist without knowing me? I'm offended by that as a Hispanic. As a commanding officer, I will not tolerate any racist, racism in this agency. However, after months of silence on the concerns of the Thin Blue Line, the village decided to ban the use of the mask by Niles PD. Village officials refused our request for an interview. Thanks for reaching out to us and for the opportunity to comment. The village is grateful but cannot participate in this interview. Uh, the thin blue line flag has become a symbol of a division across the country because it's, it's the problem. The cops are the problem. What are they going to do if they keep wearing the mask? Yeah. Fire them? 
A lot of cops would probably welcome that at this point in time, to be honest with you, depending on where they are. Or they um, just won't wear the mask anymore. Yeah. But you so, know, there's, there's, you know, it's it's okay for other... the people to wear the BML, BLM masks or what. And, and it, you know, it's unfortunate for the BLM people because there's people that are actually peaceful that are trying to get something done, yeah. and they are being overrun by the people that are violent, and they're the ones that make the headlines, and they're the ones that everyone talks about, and the the real protest is being. Yeah. Swapped under the rug. It's the whole thing's bullshit. <sighs> Minneapolis Citizens Group calls for emergency plan to address growing public safety concerns. I'm shocked. <laughs> I, I can't I believe. I just it. said something about this. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it. A <laughs> uh, Facebook group called Operation Safety Now has nearly 250 whopping members since its launch uh, last week. And its administrator, Bill Rodriguez, told uh, Five Eyewitness News the group has a three-part plan to address a growing concern about their public safety. Altogether, talking about making a 60-day emergency, uh, emergency plan that addresses the issues at hand. At a time when the city needs to be trotting out cannons, they're responding with fly swatters. What we need is to get a sense of what the longer-term plan is because we don't think there actually is one. <laughs> Rodriguez said the plan would ha- uh, have city, county, and state leaders convene and implement the proposed 60-day emergency plan which includes the possibility of hiring part-time officers to fill a void being created by dozens of officers getting the hell out of Minneapolis PD. Wait, so they want to defund them, but they're going to hire a bunch of them? Just part-time. That way they don't have to pay them insurance. Huh. <laughs> uh, every, thinking on their part. Every solution we have out there may not be the perfect one, but we're just citizens. All we're doing, trying to do is start a conversation, according to Rodriguez. Uh, Mayor Frey is continuing to work closely with Chief Arandondo and his leadership's team to strengthen the public safety throughout Minneapolis. The two leaders have detailed clear and concrete responses to staffing shortages and adjustments they've made to add capacity where it's needed most. And the mayor's 2021 budget proposal includes funding to both accelerate officer recruiting efforts while supporting new violence prevention and interruption initiatives. He remains committed to working with partners in local government and community to advance our shared public safety goals. Minneapolis Police Federation President Bob Kroll said the union would not be opposed to talking about the possibility of bringing on part-time cops. We are open to negotiations if they'd like to have some type of temporary approach, the key being temporary, uh, Kroll says. But our officers are, in the, are run down, they're worn out, they're overworked, and they need some relief. Uh, KSTP News asked City Council President Lisa Bender for an interview or comment on the citizen group plans. Uh, however, she is ignoring their request for yeah. that. I, you'd be fair to the mayor. I wonder if she was one of them that had private. She security. was one of them that, yeah, she was, she was one of the ones that really pushed for the defunding. But now, in defense of the mayor of Minneapolis, when the city council voted to do that, he said, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't even know if he had the right, he just said no. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that was a long one that's all we got for this week in political garbage thank god I stay tuned it. we'll end things on a good note oh good uh this time for this week and good news Welcome to This Week in Good News, everybody. Uh, we're going to start, uh, well, the radicals don't like these guys, but we're going to do a story here anyway, out of Chick-fil-A. Uh, Georgia Chick-fil-A employee saves a child choking in the drive-thru lane. 
Out of Columbus, Georgia, the, uh, a Columbus Chick-fil-A employee is being heralded as a hero after saving the life of a child who was choking while the fast food, uh, in the fast food restaurant's drive through line. It doesn't say which line. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those, but they used to have multiple ones going. <laughs> They're crazy. And they are a smooth-oiled operating machine, yes, too, they man. They are. Uh, shortly after lunchtime last Monday, Zach Cowboy Kakenzie, <laughs> yeehaw, was working in the drive-thru of the Chick-fil-A when he heard frantic cries coming from one of the vehicles in the, in the drive-thru line. Kakenzie, who's an Eagle Scout and CPR certified, rushed to the commotion where a father and another customer were attempting to free a child who was choking in the backseat of an SUV. It appeared that the seatbelt had become wrapped around the child's neck. Uh, the child's father and second customer were unsuccessful in freeing the child. So Kakenzie and another employee, Zachary Bullock, retrieved a pair of scissors, scissors so they could cut through the seatbelt and free the child. Zach and our team acted quickly in rescuing the child from a life-threatening situation. This could have been far worse, but Zach and others were in the right place at the right time and had the right training and right attitude to potentially save the life of one of our customers. We're glad everybody's okay, according to Alex Van, who's the store owner and operator. Kukenzi uh, certainly embodied the Boy Scout motto of be prepared in this situation. Do they still have Boy Scouts? I think they just got rid of them. Oh, well, well this is good news, so we shouldn't get on a tangent about that, I guess. Yeah. Good job, young man, good job. I wonder if the Chick-fil-A rewarded him in some way. If, uh... I bet they did. Uh, moving on to McDonald's. Um, oh, I like to hear good news about McDonald's. They get dogged all the time. <clears throat> uh, I am praying this reaches this young man's parents. Uh, this was out of Waynesville, Ohio, by the way. Tonight, as I was leaving football practice with my three kiddos, my four-year-old was so tired and he started crying and acting a fool as we were getting in the van. My seven-year-old daughter started crying because I told her we were having red potatoes as a side for dinner. And clearly she wasn't a fan. So I threw my hands up and said, forget it, McDonald's it is. Uh, we go through the drive-thru and order my food, and all three kids are now crying for one reason or another. Uh, I go to pay. Crap, I left my purse at home. Aww. Now I wanted to cry. <laughs> I look at the young man with How tears. How did she get in the game? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what was the game of practice? Oh, was it a practice? Okay. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, I look at the young man uh, in the drive-thru, operating the drive-thru window with tears in my eyes, uh, just from being so stressed out and annoyed, and said, Hun, I am so sorry, but I have to cancel that order as I left my purse at home. When we went to football tonight, and without hesitation, he took out his own wallet, swipes his debit card, and before I could even say, no, I'll be right back, I was like, no, hon, it's okay, I'll, I will come back. Uh, then he replies, no, it's totally fine, it's my pleasure to help you out. Uh, I did snap a quick picture and asked him what his name, to which he replied, my name's Wyatt, ma'am. I told him I'd be right back with cash for him, and he tried to talk me out of it. I just want his parents to know how kind and compassionate their son is. He made, uh, he made this stressed-out mama pause for a moment and realize this is exactly what parents are trying to do, raise great human beings. Well, White, sir, you're an amazing human. I then went back and handed him cash and had, him, uh, and had to make him take it because he didn't want to take more than he had paid. But I wanted him to know that when you put good out in the world, it comes back to you tenfold. Did she pay him ten times? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Wyatt, do not let this world change your kind heart, young man, for it's people like you that will change this world for the better. Uh, so, good job, uh, Wyatt. Yeah, good job, yeah, young sir. That's a very generous thing to do, especially when he's probably making minimum wage. <laughs> huh. uh, it's a good thing to see. You know, it, it's 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 easy to get frustrated when you go somewhere like McDonald's. It's busy all the time, and inevitably you get pulled forward, or they screw up your order, or they leave something out, they put something on that you don't want on there. You know, whatever. Yeah, but, um, but it, it's nice to see uh, uh, something like that. So yeah. I see. I, I do drive-thrus all the time. I, I meet a lot of very nice people. Uh, last thing we got for good news. Uh, what does love mean to four to eight-year-old four eight children? Uh, we're going to take a couple minutes here to read through this. 
A group of professional people posed this question to a group of four to eight-year-olds. What does love mean? The answers they got were broader, deeper, and more profound than anyone could have ever imagined. Uh, according to Rebecca, age eight, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandpa does it for her all the time, even, was ha- even, even though his hands have arthri- arthritis too. To me, that's what love is. Aww. Uh, Billy, age four, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. Uh, <laughs> according to Carl, age five, uh, love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and they smell each other. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a really good political joke yeah. I can put in there. I'm just going to let yeah. it go. <laughs> uh, according to Chrissy, age six, love is when you go out and, and to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. <laughs> wow, that is love. <laughs> uh, where did the fries come from? Uh, Terry, age four, says love is what makes you smile when you're tired. Uh, Danny, age eight, love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy, and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure the taste is okay. Uh, Danny, later you'll learn that that's not what that's all about. Uh, uh, Bobby, age seven, says love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and you just listen to what's around you. Oh, that's very profound. That's a really good one. Uh, very good for a seven-year-old. Wow. Yeah. Uh, according to Nikki, or I'm sorry, Nika, age six, that's a unique name. Uh, if you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Uh, yeah, nah. <laughs> uh, according to Noel, age seven, love is when you tell a guy that you like a shirt, then he wears it every single day afterwards. <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't like to shower. I don't know. Uh, Tommy, age six, says love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends, even after they know each other so well. Uh, according to Cindy, age eight, during my piano recital, I was on stage and I was so scared. I looked at all the people watching me, and I saw my daddy waving and smiling. He was the only one doing that. I wasn't scared anymore. Aww. Uh, according to Claire, age six, my mommy loves me more than anybody. You don't see anyone else kissing me to sleep at night. Uh, Elaine, age five, says, love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken that she made. <laughs> uh, Chris, age seven. I really thought that was going someplace yeah. else. <laughs> Chris, age seven, love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says he's handsomer than Robert Redford. Aw. How does he Of course, Robert, Robert Redford's Robert? 190 years old, so I'm not, even I'm more handsome than Robert Redford. No, let's not jump to the conclusion. <laughs> uh, according to Marianne, age four, love is when your puppy licks your face even after you've left him alone all day. Aw. Uh, Lauren, age four, says, I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all of her old clothes and has to go out and buy new ones. <laughs> That's not what she's doing, yeah. but okay. <laughs> uh, Karen, age seven, says, When you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, age six, says, Love is when mommy sees daddy on the toilet and she doesn't think it's gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Jessica, age eight, says, You really shouldn't say, I love you, unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot. Sometimes people forget. Uh, and the final one, uh, and a... The winner was our four-year-old child whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who'd recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the gentleman's yard, climbed onto his lap, and just sat there. When his mother asked what he had said to the neighbor, the little boy said, Nothing. I just helped him cry. Aww. Um, obviously, children see things so much differently than the rest of us as adults, right? They have well, a lot differently. I did as a child myself because yeah. that one was about Christmas after you're done opening presents just listening yeah that was very profound it's it's kind of it's good to read to me stuff like that because i got a little teary yeah i mean kids at that age 
and obviously, unfortunately, it's not that way for all children. But you can see, you know, with, with the statements made by those kids, life has not turned them upside down in any way at that point in time yet, right? They still right. have kind hearts. They have a lot of innocence to them. Um, and, I always tell people when they're, uh, <laughs> sometimes they, they're, they're talking about things that, are, that they think are going to happen and stuff. And I think it's cute because they haven't been beat up by life enough yet to right. see how it's going to probably go yeah so it, it's it's good to see things like that uh you know, out of the mouths of babes right i mean they they say the damnedest thing sometimes mm-hmm. so but it, it's nice to see some some stuff like that where they, they have a very positive outlook on like yeah life. hopefully for some of those kids the they'll they'll have a positive attitude no matter what life throws their way fortunately it doesn't say that way for everybody all the time joke makes fun of me all the time because of my jaded outlook but <laughs> <based laughs> it's on, a very jaded outlook um that tends to happen to somebody that does what i do for a living too so mm-hmm. um uh, that's all we got, Joe. Uh, hour and five minutes in. That was a long show today, but we had a lot of stuff we had saved up. So uh, that's all we got. got anything else we want to touch on before we get out of here? Six months. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully things will get back to normal. We'll try and get back on the Wednesday rotation. Uh, We're going to start singing again. Next week. Skits. We want to do skits. So, uh, I yeah. want to do skits. Yeah, Joe's got all kinds of great ideas. So uh, life should be slowing down for me just a little bit. Hopefully. So hopefully we'll get back in the rotation, all that good stuff, and get back to the, to a regular our regular format. Appreciate everybody tuning in and tuning along and we'll see you next week. Bye.